everyone this is looking up and you are joining us today pastor danny shell and sharissa here in a live program we're coming to you live from the studio here in newcastle how are you today pastor i'm praising danny? the lord and i'm very much alive oh we are so excited this, when we I'm hear this, that <laughs> superbly deliciously magnificently day it is actually a beautiful day. Oh, the sun is out and the sky is tremendous. blue. Tremendous. It's a beautiful day. Five, I think we've had like six days in a row, five or six true. days in a row of sunshine. It's been amazing. It's been wonderful. We're really looking forward to um, an exciting program today. We're going to be talking about some very big topics, but do you want to give everyone a little teaser sure. of what's on today? Well, we're, we're journeying through God's final message of love to the world that will prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus and today we're looking at a topic that a lot of Christians um, don't know too much about and um, and are actually afraid to examine, and that is the topic of the judgment. Ooh, that sounds yeah. like a, Is it going to be a positive? It's going to be very positive. Oh. I've titled it The Good News About the Judgment. Oh. So the judgment is very much part of God's final message of love to the world. It's right there in the very heart of that first angel's message. It's part of the everlasting gospel. And so the gospel, the last time I checked, Sharissa, is good news. So yeah, it's, it's the true. good news about the gospel as it's connected to the judgment. So well, it's, it's a great message. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope all all of our listeners, stay tuned to this channel. Don't leave it because most people that I talk to who maybe um, haven't studied too much about it, they don't like the word judgment. No, no, no. It it's, brings uh, fear exactly. and um, trepidation yeah. and, you know, there, there's a whole – because, I mean, you know, courts of law, right. police getting pulled over for speeding, you know, these judgment sort of scenes we kind of – are a bit allergic to and we're a bit afraid of. Well, I'm really looking forward to hear the good news the about good the judgment. news about the judgment. And uh, that's something to stay around for. We just want to remind everybody that because this is a live program, you can actually connect with us and we'd mm -hmm. love to hear from you. Call or text us with any comments, questions that might arise for you during our program, this broadcast. The number to reach us on is 0491-064-669. And a reminder... That you can go to the Faith FM website and look up all past programs. I always recommend get the app. You can get then the app. listen to this broadcast and listen to this station, whether you have good cells. I mean, whether you're near the towers that broadcast or not, you can hear us if you have cell service. So that's good cells or bad cells. <laughs> that's right. You can still all get the cells. app. <laughs> all cells. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, I think that's all I have to say for right now. So we have an exciting program today. And mm -hmm. after this song, are you looking by Nikki Chriswell or Chiswell? We are going to continue discussing current events mm -hmm. in light of Bible prophecy. Amen. So we're looking forward to that. Are you looking for something? Are you looking? the Lord Are you looking for something Are you looking 
question for every one of us to ponder. Are you looking for the Lord? You are listening to Looking Up and we have come to the news segment. But before we share the news segment, I just want to do a little ad mm-hmm. right here. Go for it, yes. Uh, this coming Saturday at 11 a.m., so that's going to be March the 19th, Robbie Bergen from Faith FM, and he has, I think it's called the Faith Experiment here on, on this, um, mm-hmm. uh, network, on this, what do you call this? This station. <laughs> I'm on television and radio now. Now this is radio station <laughs> on the station. He is going to be in person at the Hamilton Seventh day Adventist Church on the corner of Lindsay Street. There, I think it's 105 Lindsay Street. You put that in your GPS, it'll take you and you'll see the church building there. But he's, yeah, he'll be sharing, uh, this Saturday in Hamilton, uh, yeah, in the Newcastle area, 11 a.m. So an invitation to all of you who are listening. If you're in the local Newcastle area, do come on and join us. It'd be great. Absolutely. How do you manage to get guests like that to come to your church? 
I didn't. I was not the mastermind behind it, but uh, boy, oh pretty excited. <laughs> this church that Sharissa attends, that her husband pastors, they've got serious connections. That's all I can say is they've got serious connections. Ah, well, oh. speaking of connections, well, I don't have any serious connections. If you're looking to me, you're looking to the wrong person. Well, we could connect a few dots, maybe. We can. We can. And, we can uh, connect a few prophetic dots. We could, and there's so much to talk about. So there is indeed. Maybe I'll let you kick us. Off, um, well, the ball here. Well, the last couple of um, the last couple of weeks, we have we haven't really looked at what's been happening in the news from a prophetic point of view. Well, we kind of have, um, but we've majored on you know the two big events that have been hogging our news networks, and that have been obviously the floods up north and down south. You know, in Sydney and the surrounding area as well as, you know, the crisis there in Ukraine. So we've had interviews with individuals um, connected with those two events. And, um, and we're going to, you know, we, we can briefly look at that now once again as it, as it connects with Bible prophecy. But there's so much else that is going on. Um, obviously, you know, the Ukrainian crisis is a horrible, a horrible situation. And, you know, we see that on our evening news night by night. <laughs> And I think I looked at um, uh, the the latest sort of news. I think it was from today. I'm pretty sure it was from today. And you know, the total of um, Ukrainian refugees fleeing to you know the surrounding nations is nearly up to three million. Mm. Three million that have left the country out of I think 41 or 44 million people, however many there are in Ukraine, somewhere between those numbers. Yeah. Um, and that that's not to mention those who are displaced. Um, in that country. Yeah, we were hearing uh, updates from uh, Abel, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Abel Iogulescu here yeah, last week on, on right. all the refugees. Was he saying last week it was 500 people? Per hour. We're per going into Romania. That was amazing. Yeah, and Romania is um, it's sort of next on the list according to this graph that I have here. Um, you know, Poland has uh, received 1.8 million refugees Romania has received 450,000 refugees so probably a quarter of the number of those going to Poland and um yeah 500 an hour mm. you know you think of that you break that up every minute you know there's literally so so it's like a convoy it's you know it's like, you know, when you go to the protests or you go to these marches and it's it just, just never a, ends. It's, a, it's a never-ending convoy. Like some of these trains, you know, those goods trains yeah. when you're waiting at the, at the railway crossing and it's one of those goods trains at the middle of the night that just keeps going and going. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really um, horrible and sad. And um, we do have a, a text message that, that Sharissa has received. It's, it's really heart-wrenching and... Um, I think I think we should probably read that out, Sharissa, and um, and have a prayer um, for for the people there in Ukraine. I mean, we're not going to go, and we know that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said that those labor pains will intensify. We're living in a time such as we have never lived before, where you know people say, well, it was it was you know it was a time it was a difficult time during World War One and World War Two, and yes, it was, it indeed was, but in World War One and World War Two, they did not have the capacity to press a button and literally wipe out, you know, hundreds of thousands of people um, in a moment. You know what I mean? We have the atomic bombs, but we've gone well beyond that. We've got now nuclear mm. weapons. We've got biological weapons, you know, that can, that can snuff out the lives of hundreds of thousands in, in a moment. And it's around amazing. the world. Yeah, and not only that, but whatever's happening over there, it's 
communicated all the time because of you know yeah. we can hear from people right. in there. real time yeah, yeah exactly. that's a different exactly so they didn't have that in world well. war Two. exactly yeah. something happened and it was reported in the newspapers or the radio you know sometime later uh, and without all the graphics that we have today, you know, mm-hmm. with um, with the media. So anyway, um, Sharissa is going to read this, and this is very heart-wrenching, and, and then we need to be praying for the people there. So listen up, folk, as she reads. All right, this this was received as a prayer request, and it's a letter from a brother in Mariupol. That's right, Mariupol. That's been on the news. That's that um, section there in Ukraine on the southeast southeastern side. Um, that, that's been heavily bombarded. All right, this is what it says. Good evening, friends. I implore you to pray for us. You can't even imagine what is taking place here. I and my family are in the church on the left side of the river. Through God's grace, we are alive. They just they are just erasing the town from the face of the earth. All is broken in pieces. There is no electricity. All the cables are to the ground. No gas. The pipes are broken. People come out to wood stoves to prepare some food. There is no water. We don't have fuel. We have a well in the church, but the water is salty. We drink salty tea, but praise the Lord that we have this at least. People in the street are dying without food. The shops are destroyed and robbed. They bomb us with various types of bombs. The bombs fall all around the church, only two meters away, but God directs these meters, and we have only lost a few windows, and we are all alive." They have started the generators now and we are able to charge our phones and to connect for the first time in a while. I am trying to type quickly so it won't be lost. Pray for us. I wanted to run with my family when there was a humanitarian corridor opened, but my car broke down. God has not permitted for us to go too far. I have faith in the Lord that he is planning something for us. Even if it all comes to an end, people don't have where to live anymore. Entire blocks of flats have burnt. The houses have holes in them. Everything is destroyed. The schools are destroyed. It is written, Don't be afraid. This is still not the end. But everything is so scary. The dead are lying in the streets because they can't keep up to collect them. It is possible they will never get to pick them all up. It is so difficult. Pray. There are so many thieves. Through the grace of God, we are getting two meals a day in the church. Yesterday, for the first time since it all started, we have been able to bath our children. We can bring water from the sea, but there is nowhere to heat it up. The generators are only used to prepare food, and everything has to be used as economical as possible. Pray for us. May the Lord give wisdom to the leaders to reach an agreement. How are we going to survive it? We don't know. God is with us. He is mighty. Wow, that is powerful. Yeah. That is powerful. That is, um, yeah, heart wrenching when you when you read that, um, Sharissa. And these people need pray. I mean, need a lot of prayer. I love I love that um, last uh, sentence. Um, you know, God is God is on His throne. You mm. know, he is mighty. And I think of I think of that the introduction to the Looking Up program. You know, which is it's called Looking Up because of Jesus' words when he said, you know, in Luke twenty one, twenty eight, in connection with the second coming, when you see all these things come to pass, and he was speaking of all the disasters, uh, be they through war, be they through, you know, nature, be they through you know, immorality and violence and so on and so so forth. When you see all these things come to pass, he said, Look up because your redemption is drawing near. And that's in the context when men's hearts would be failing them from fear because of the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth. That's mm. what Jesus said previous to that. And um, and in that little jingle at the beginning of our program, 
um, part of the song, and I wrote it down, was look up, God is still on his throne. Mm. God <laughs> is still on his throne. Amen. And he is. And uh, why don't we have a prayer now, Sharissa, for all those who are in Ukraine. And um, I'm sure there are some listeners that are listening right now that have either family or friends um, that are caught up in this horrible tragedy. Maybe maybe you have family and friends caught up in another tragedy. I mean, Ukraine is on the news mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, you know, it's sort of uh, it's, it's connected with, you know, sort of our, our Western our Western way of sort of living and, um, you know, some of the other conflicts in the world, uh, they're, they're, not on, they're not on our news, but they are certainly going on in Syria, in Yemen, in um, South Sudan, Ethiopia, just Myanmar. to name it, Myanmar, just to name a few, not to mention all the, you know, all the, all the people that are in, incarcerated due to faith, due mm-hmm. to other issues. So let's have a prayer for all these folk because we do have listeners, I'm sure, that are impacted, that have got family and friends in that space. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you have a prayer, and I'm happy to have a prayer as well, and um, yeah, and then we can continue on. Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, Lord, as we pause and pray for our brothers and sisters in places that are war-torn and very difficult to live in right now, we just appeal to you, Lord, You taught us, when Jesus was on this earth, he taught us to pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we do pray that you would restore peace, that that Mm. you would bring an end to this conflict, that their lives can at least return to some sort of normality and they can not live in fear of bombs. But Lord, regardless of when that happens and whenever, whatever happens, we pray that your angels would surround them, that you would take care of them, and that you would comfort and strengthen their faith in these times of crisis, how these times remind us that there is a better world coming Mm, that you have promised. So help us to be faithful and help us to continue to lift them up in prayer, Lord, so that you can work in their behalf. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I too want to just bring these precious people before you. Lord, these these individuals have feelings, they have aspirations, just like we do, Lord. And uh, Mm. we're blessed to live in a nation that has relative peace and safety, dear Lord. We're isolated from the rest of the world, um, surrounded by sea, whereas whereas these individuals, Lord, they are in a very different situation, not just there in Ukraine, but in all these other parts of the world, dear Lord, where there's civil unrest and civil wars going on. and, um, And, Lord, we just ask and pray that indeed uh, your peace that passes all understanding, your peace mm-hmm. that is more powerful than the most powerful bombs and mm-hmm. missiles that can come our way, Lord, that that peace will surround each and every person, each and mm-hmm. every family right now. And, um, Lord, we're praying for the end of hostilities. We're praying mm-hmm. for peace, dear Lord, to return to these nations, in particular Ukraine. Lord, we can't imagine in three weeks, it's less than three weeks since this conflict began, and three million people almost have have left the country. Not to mention, not to mention all those that have been displaced. Lord, that's that's something we cannot even begin to fathom. Mm-hmm. We're looking at almost the, the entire nation of New Zealand uh, being displaced. Um, it, it's beyond comprehension, dear Lord. And so, Lord, we just ask and pray that your hand will be upon this situation, especially, Lord, mm-hmm. be with the political leaders. Dear Lord, mm-hmm. as they seek to to work through negotiations and come to a peace settlement. Lord, we know that sadly those labor pains will intensify the closer we come to your coming. 
and the wars and the rumors of wars will intensify, Lord, as, as, as this world spirals more and more out of control. But, Lord, we know that in the midst of all that, you're on your throne and you are listening to our prayers and you are, and, and you are there on behalf of your people. Amen. Because you have promised, dear Lord, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you always to the very end of time. Mm-hmm. So may the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus himself, just yes. be with each person. And no matter what happens in the here and now, Lord, may may we know that if Christ is in our heart, in our lives, uh, there is a new world, there is a new day that is awaiting us where there will be no more war, there will be no more tears, there will be no more pain. Mm -hmm. So may that be our final destination, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, thank you, Pastor Dan. I think it was very appropriate that we could spend that time in prayer. Absolutely. And um, look, we have a wonderful song that uh, Shell's lined up for us. How appropriate. Looking Unto Jesus, uh, sung by Carly Fletcher. So uh, enjoy. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus.
Make sure you tune in to The Breakfast Show to encounter God, play the quiz, hear great music and noteworthy news. All that and much more every morning on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. G'day, Australia. I'm Blake, and I'm tired of all the negativity all around us. It's time to get positive and speak life into every situation. So join us every Thursday, Avo, afternoon, I can't say that word, for my new show, Speak Life, to learn how to navigate and find ways to speak life into every situation. No matter what gets thrown at you, we want to help equip you for the trials and struggles we all face and just have some fun talking together and speaking life. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the nearer waters roll, while the tempest Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Look up.
afternoon. Welcome again. If you are just joining us, this is Looking Up and we are coming live to you from Newcastle in our live program right now. And we were just um, reflecting on what's happening in Ukraine and the crisis that is happening there. But there's more things that are happening oh, in the world Sadly, there well. are more things. Sadly, there are more things. It would be good if that was the only in a crisis hotspot in the world, but sadly there are more. And um, and we have obviously um, experienced our own our own crisis here in our part of the world. Um, unprecedented floods up there in northern New South Wales, as we're all aware of, and you know just a, just a tragedy. Obviously, lives have been lost, um, livelihoods you mm-hmm. know destroyed, and um, just people displaced. Um, and whilst the news cycle will be moving on, Charissa, and is kind of moving on already, um, but the people there are not moving That's on. That's right. You know, they'll, gonna... they'll be cleaning up and just trying to pull their just lives like the together. Floods. Just like the floods. Yeah. People are still going to be mopping up and They will be like months and months, months and probably even years. Yeah. You know, for some of them it won't be, you know, even, even months. It'll be, yeah, this year and, and probably into next year and who knows how long. And it's interesting that... Um, you know, in light of Bible prophecy, you know, we've got Jesus and he talks about, you know, natural disasters there in Matthew 24 and we've read those scriptures there in verse 7. In fact, maybe maybe I will read that because that, that, that's instead of just sort of um, quoting it, um, or maybe you could do that if you like, Matthew 24 verses, um, verse 7 and 8, if you want to read that. And then I just want to comment on something that, our friend Prince Charles has said. All right. And how that connects with what we're looking at right now. I'm reading from the NIV at this time. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Okay. So do we have nation rise against nation? Yes. Yes, indeed. We have that. We've talked about that. (laughs) Do we have famines? Well, I saw something on the news about North Korea experience, well, anticipating a famine. That was last year. So I think there are famines all over the place. Well, let me share with you what um, the World Food Program okay, um, director okay. had to say. And this, this connects with what's going on right now there in the Ukraine and, um, and, and the horrible tragedy that is um, taking place there. He said... In the last two years, okay, since mm-hmm. COVID, okay, since COVID came to town, the last two years, 100 million more people have been pushed into extreme life-threatening poverty. We're not just talking about poverty because, you know, there, there's, there's almost 800, 700, 800 people, million people that live in, ex, in, in poverty. But we're talking about extreme life-threatening poverty. 100 million people have been pushed into that kind of situation in the last two years during COVID. Wow. Right? So we have an increase in famines. Like that's that's a million people a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can't fathom that. It's beyond. Extreme poverty, you know, mm. where, where their lives are on the line, literally, every single day. Now, how that plays into what's going on right now is that People might not be aware. They may maybe the, the news really hasn't picked up on this much, but I, I, I did pick this up in a in a in a in a video news podcast that I came across, and that was that twenty nine percent of the world's wheat, okay, that produces bread, and mm-hmm. you know, the the staple for the world's poor and the staple for you know so much of our of, of our world diet, twenty nine percent 
of the world's wheat comes from Russia and Ukraine. Wow, that's so, interesting. So you think about it. That's almost a third yeah. of our of the wheat production comes from these two countries. Mm. Now, what's happening in these two countries? Everything's okay. being blown up. Okay, <laughs> everything's blown up in Ukraine. Okay, we know what's taking place there. Then they're not exactly in a position to be exporting their wheat. Not at all. Um, you know, to especially those places. And the guy on the World Health, uh, sorry, the World Food Program, the director for the World Food Food Program, he was saying that uh, Ukraine was the major supplier of wheat, mm. you know, bread mm-hmm. for for those nations that they supply food for, like, you know, where there's where there's disasters like Actually, your Yemen's, your that's Syria's. That's why the Ukrainian flag is like blue and yellow, like the sky yeah, on the gold. That's right. It's a green. major food producer. Wow. It's a major food producer. Twenty percent mm-hmm. um, of the world's corn exports come from Russia and Ukraine. Once mm. again, that's a staple, you yeah. know, cornmeal. Yeah. I've been to Africa a number of times and that's what they eat a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? They call it sima or ugali, depending on where you're from. You know, porridge, you know, just corn porridge. Um, 80% of the world's sunflower oil comes from Russia and Ukraine. Mm. Once again, cooking. Um, once again, food. So so we're not, you know, we, we talk about uh, oil prices going up, you know, and obviously our petrol prices are going through the roof. We all know yes. that full well. We are experiencing that. Like the other day I filled up my car and I'm like, uh, it says $90, but is there a mistake? And she's like, no, that's not a mistake. And it was like at $1.80 wow. at that time. But now it's like over 2 bucks. That's right. Um, wheat, since the war began, it's only been going for three weeks. Do you, know what, do you know how much the price of wheat's gone up? Tell me. 40%. 40% in three weeks. What did Jesus say? There would be famines. Mm-hmm. There would be famines. There'd be pestilences or pandemics. Have we had a pandemic? Not Any- only have we had a pandemic, but they're like they're saying there's a new variant coming out of yeah. the virus. So well, it says it in the plural in the Bible: pestilences. Pens- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what we're having here is a convergence. That's oh, it's not good one. Word. It's not one thing or another. And a lot of people are like, you know, we've had pestilence. We've had pandemics. Yeah, yeah. there was the 1919. You know, Spanish flu, and there's been pandemics, there's the Black Plague, and so on. You know, they killed literally millions, tens of millions yes. of people. We know that. Uh, but we have never had a convergence of so many different scenarios that the world is just struggling under and not able to cope. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got that. In fact, um, uh, 25% of the fertilizer and nutrients are supplied by Russia. 25% and 50% of the produce um, in the world when it comes to food is fertilized, 50%. So you think of that's an enormous amount because we're dealing with 8 billion people on the planet, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is where those numbers are going to skyrocket of those who are in extreme poverty. Mm. And, um, and this, is, this is interesting. This was fascinating from the Financial Times. A jump in grain prices in 2009-2010 is regarded as one of the triggers of the Arab Spring uprising in the Middle East. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Are the, are the, are the cogs turning? Are the, yeah. are the dots coming to you? Can you see what's at stake? This is not just another war. I, when, when this Ukrainian... Um, you know, tragedy broke out. I told you, you know, I, I could just see that this was significant, prophetically significant. The reason being, on the back of COVID, I wish I didn't say this, but I know I did, that 2022 
COVID will come to an end, God willing, and there'd be something new on the horizon. Yeah, we, we, uh, I remember that prophecy. You were like, Danny, don't, don't, We don't, don't. want to hear any more. <laughs> I know. So I'm not making any more prophecies for 2023. We'll see if we survive 2022. Um, but yeah, but can you see like one has finished and it's like, I mean, you would be forgiven for asking if COVID has disappeared. Mm-hmm. You'd be forgiven for asking that question because it's not on the news anywhere. And yet I went on the website just the other day and there's hardly, there's hardly any news items on COVID, you know, um, especially the last few weeks. And literally we've still got like 8,000 people a day in New South Wales who are being infected. Yeah. And people are still dying. But you wouldn't know it, you know what I mean? Because all of a sudden we have moved, we have changed gears. And it's interesting, um, uh, the president of Serbia, um, he, <laughs> excuse me, his name is Alexander Vucic. And Serbia is a major producer of grain, major producer of grain. Um, that's where my wife was born, Serbia. So it's a big shout out to our Serbian listeners, <laughs> if there's any out there. Um, they, they, they obviously have a, a major export, um, you know, business. It's part of their economy. They export a lot of, you know, grain to, to the rest of Europe in particular. And, um, and in one day, the president said, he had orders for a one quarter of their reserves, mm. one quarter of their entire reserves for the year. In one wow. day, he had orders from Western Europe because, you know, sanctions on Russia. They can't get it from Russia. They can't get it from Ukraine. Where are they going to get their wheat from? And so he asked Serbia and the Serbian president put a halt. He says, no more exporting. We need to take care of our own citizens. We are now <laughs> we are now stockpiling for our own citizens. So they're very nervous there in Europe. Very a lot of nations are stockpiling their own food. They're not exporting anymore mm. to other nations as they did. If they've got any extra, they're keeping it for themselves. This sounds like Joseph I was and just Egypt. Say, <laughs> this is just like Joseph. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, if this if this conflict drags on, mark my words. Oh, here I go again. If this if this conflict drags on into months, which it probably will, perish the thought. If it does, I pray that it won't. Yeah. But if it does drag on into months, there's going to be serious, and I mean serious, repercussions that are going to make you know the petrol price look like a kindergarten picnic in the park in comparison. Very, very so, true. Yeah. So there's so there's a lot there at stake, and um, you know, twenty eight percent of world food prices. Um, you know, sorry, in 2021, world food prices um, went up by 28% in one year. You know, it was a 10-year high. And so we've, we've, got all these, we've got all these kind of headlines. And, um, and, and when it comes to even the climate, it talks about here, very, you know, earthquakes and in various places or natural disasters. It was interesting um, what, what Prince Charles had to say on this. And, you know, we've talked about um, global... Uh, global warming. Yes. So I just need to find this article. Where did I put it? I think it was. I think it was towards the beginning. Let me see. Was it towards the beginning or towards the end? Let me go up here. Might have been. Um, oh, here it is. Here it is. Okay. The headline. This was ABC News, March 11, 2022. Prince of Wales links Australia's floods to climate change in message of support to those affected in Queensland and New South Wales. And notice what he had to say. And um, well, this is in connection with verse eight of Matthew 24, verse eight. Do you want to read that again? Matthew 24, verse eight. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Oh, do you know? Can you tell us what that word sorrow is also pains. meant? Birth pains. Okay, so what Jesus here is saying is that these birth pains 
contractions. As a contractions. And what happens? I mean, I know you haven't had any children, but you know what happens. Well, everyone Shell tells has. me the Shell same has. thing. Shell's nodding. Shell's <laughs> so what happens with birth pains? There are contractions yeah. that come closer and closer together and stronger and stronger as they get closer and closer together, the closer you come to the arrival of the baby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that true, Shell? Shell is <laughs> nodding, so we have confirmation. It's verified. <laughs> we have confirmation. And I've been there. I've been there twice um, at the delivery of our two beautiful girls. And, yeah, I can verify with my own eyes that that is exactly what happens. And just notice these words from from Prince Charles, you know, the future king of England who is like, he is on the the front of the train. You know, he's, he's, he's driving, he's one of the drivers of this climate change train, which has implications when it comes to Bible prophecy, I believe. We've talked about that in the past and we will continue in the future. This is what he says. Mm-hmm. He's written a letter, an open letter to, you know, to the Australian people and especially those, you know, who are in those flood impacted areas. And this is what he said in his letter after his initial introduction. He says, these are his words. Climate change is not just about rising temperatures. It is also about the increased frequency and intensity. Hello, did you just say that about labour pains? I did. The increased frequency and intensity of dangerous weather events once considered rare. Wow. So this is what Prince Charles is saying. He's saying, and he goes on, these floods along with the ferocious bushfires in Australia that shocked the world just over two years ago remind us all that extreme weather events are becoming much more common. Climate change is not just about rising temperatures. It also is about the increased wow. frequency and intensity, uses that language again, of dangerous weather events once considered rare. That's amazing. What a great art. I mean, what a great illustration of how Bible prophecy is happening today. The words of Jesus spoken by Prince Charles. <laughs> Amazing. 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 It is. And so that's the world we're living in. And so, folk, there's a whole heap more we could share and we'll do that on the, on the, on the, on the next time. But I do want to share this one other thing. This was really interesting. I may share more on this um, next time. But there was an interesting headline where a Russian, senior Russian bureaucrat, and on RT News, on RT News, this is what he said, Peace with the U.S. regarding Russia. Russia, Arati News is a Russian news station. Uh, Peace with Russia, sorry, peace with the U.S. will only be possible after a new world order. That's very interesting. So he's saying there's not going to be any peace unless we have a brand new world order. And who said this again? This was a Russian diplomat, um, uh, really high up, one of Putin's um, major um, uh, individuals in, in his cabinet once upon a time. Well, you can see, folks, this Huge. is the reason why we need to be studying God's Word because we're living in momentous times. Absolutely. And uh, on that note, we're going to just listen to a beautiful a cappella song, Glory and Honor, and we will continue with a Bible study on the good news of the judgment. I'm there with you in heaven What a wondrous joy will be Gathered with the angel chorus Standing by the glassy sea Such a thought is hard to fathom In the presence of my King And with countless ones forgiven 
gathered round the throne to sing glory and An acapella rendition of glory and honor. You're listening to Looking Up, and we are about to go into a Bible study here. We're going to start digging into God's Word and what the Bible has to say about the good news of the judgment. Amen. If you don't know much about this, just stick with us. And before we begin that study, I need to make a very special announcement. And that is today on this program, it's a very special one because everyone's a winner. If you want to be a winner, you can win today. Wow. We usually just have a prize giveaway to the first or second or third person who connects with us. But today, and it's one of those rare occasions where everyone who connects with us can have the prize giveaway, the gift-free offer that we have for you today is a book called God's Holy Word, Is It Still Worth Dying For? 
Mm. And uh, it's actually a compilation here, and it's a compilation of writings by Ellen G. White. I think you will find this a fascinating read, and I'll share more bits and pieces about this um, in each segment that we have left on this program. But if you want to get this book, you can have it today. The code word, the key code word that you need to call or text us with is the word... J-U-R-Y, jury. <laughs> jury, <laughs> all right. And the number to call or text us with the word jury on is 0491-064-669. And if you do so, we will be sending this book to you free of charge. There you go. Well, Pastor Danny, I'm looking forward to this right now. The good news of the judgment, I'll hand over to you. Fantastic. Well, we're going to be looking at the good news of the judgment because as we pointed out earlier, there are many people who are afraid of the judgment. I mean, in our break, I was just down there talking to a couple of the folk that work here in this building where we air this radio program from every week. And um, and uh, they were like, ooh. You know, one of them <laughs> said, um, yeah, the judgment, I'm not quite sure. I'm not that excited about it, to be honest. And I'm like, really? Like, you need to be tuning tune in. in. <laughs> you need to tune in. Get the app. I That's said, right. get the app. Get the app. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of people that are afraid. And, um, you know, that's kind of part of our, it's, it's part of our psyche, really. You know, we see it on the news, people going to court. Right. Um, you know, judgment, there's a judge, is the judge going to get it right? What are the jury going to say? Will the person be innocent if they were really guilty? Or will they be condemned if they were really innocent and vice versa and whatever? And so, so people are afraid, you know, a lot of people have maybe had a bad experience mm-hmm. in a court of law. And so, you know, they've got that in the back of their mind or maybe, yeah, maybe they, they know of someone that's been really hard done by, not themselves, but someone else who's been really hard done by, by the legal system, yep. by the justice system. And so depending on people's circumstances, depending on the movies they've watched, you know, there's a lot of these law shows today. There's Law and Order. There's a whole bunch of these TV shows. It's kind of very popular. So Depending on what you've seen, what you've experienced, you have a perception or you may have an idea of what the biblical judgment is all about because the judgment is all the way through Scripture more than a thousand times. Wow. The subject of the judgment is spoken of in the Old and New Testament. So that's a lot of times. But um, we tend to avoid it. We tend not to think about it because we, we think that it's too scary, and it's bad news. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I've entitled it The Good News of the Judgment. Take us through it. I'm, I'm excited. All right. Well, we're going to pray as always, Charissa. And yes. um, would you be able to lead us in prayer before we open up the Word? Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the privilege that we have to study this book in freedom. And we invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide, to bless not only us here in studio, but all of our listeners as we turn our minds to consider and to think on your wonderful truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now I'm going to share with you something, Sharissa, that you you would not be aware of even. Oh, really? Because Sharissa pretty much knows everything <laughs> about the the book of Revelation, but there's an insight, oh. <laughs> there's an insight that I'm going to throw her way that, that she'll be like, wow. That, all that, right, all that, right, that, I'm ready. It, we'll be doing that as we go along. So okay. anyway, but um, yeah, I just want to take us back to 1980. Were you born in 1980? I did not exist you in 1980. You did not exist in 1980. Shell, I know you were born... <laughs> And well and truly alive and well in 1980. I think Shell was sort of born somewhere in the 1950s. What's this well and truly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know you're in trouble oh, when no. the producer oh, no. comes on oh, and tells you. When the producer comes on and that's when I know I've got to hightail it out of that conversation. <laughs> All right. 
No, so um, I was only a nine-year-old. So, but I remember it really well, um, like it happened yesterday. We didn't have a TV, but we were listening on the radio. Um, uh, it wasn't actually in 1980. It was a couple of years later, 1982, when the Lindy Chamberlain, the famous Lindy Chamberlain case um, went to court and there was a verdict. Now, there may be listeners who are thinking, who is Lindy Chamberlain? This is the, this is the most famous court case in Australian history. So mm-hmm. this is... There hasn't been another court case that has um, that has taken on board this much media and, and otherwise attention. You know, this is in the days before social media, obviously the days before the internet. Now, basically, what happened was um, in 1980 we have um, we have a czar, so we have Lindy and Michael Chamberlain along with their three children, two boys and a little baby girl. She was only nine weeks old at the time. And uh, her name was Azaria. Yeah, I, I may not have been born, but I have but had a fascination you, with the story. Yes, yes, it's, it's fascinating. the documentary. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's been a documentary. There's even been a movie mm-hmm. that has been put book. out. Yeah, and a book, yeah, called, called Evil Angels. And so this family was visiting um, uh, Ayers Rock, or as it's known now as Uluru. Uh, they're in the centre of Australia. And while they were there on one evening on August 17, um, Lindy, uh, Lindy claimed that a dingo had taken her baby from mm-hmm. the tent. Mm-hmm. So Zaria was sleeping there in the tent with her bro- with, with one of her brothers, I think. One of them was he was awake, but one of the boys was asleep. And so this little baby, nine weeks old, you know, this little girl was taken by a dingo, according to according to Lindy Chamberlain. So a search party was sent out and um, so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a horrible tragedy. It was on the news and, you know, obviously people were very sad. And, you know, I mean, can you imagine, you know, losing, losing a baby, you know, under those circumstances, losing a baby under ter- any circumstances, terrible, yeah. but especially under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, but then, then there was a bit of a twist and then the police were like, well, did a dingo really take the baby or was there possibly foul play? And so anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, and you can Google the story and the documentary and the movie and get the book and so forth, but the bottom line is that after two years, um, there was a, well, there was a court case, there was an examination that was held and so forth, and at the end of two years of this court case, she was found guilty. She was found guilty and she was sentenced to life imprisonment mm-hmm. um, uh, in a Darwin prison. And uh, for the murder of her baby and her husband was was given um, a sentence, a suspended sentence as an accessory after the fact. Mm. So she was in prison for she almost... She even gave birth in prison. Yeah, I she think. did. Yeah, she had another baby. Yep. So she was pregnant during the trial um, and she gave birth to uh, an, another little baby girl. Mm-hmm. Can't exactly remember her name, but yeah, another little baby girl while she was in prison. Anyway... Um, Less than four years later, um, circumstances um, were such that um, there was a, a climber or someone who had lost their life and they were missing around Ezrock or Uluru. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as they were searching, they happened to find the jumpsuit that Lindy said was on the baby at the time. That I remember when I heard that, I was like... That was in 1986. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, like of all the places where that person could have been walking... Yeah. It was like right there, yeah. and that changed her life. Changed her life, and immediately she was released from prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and a short time later, she was exonerated. 
there was, um, you know, another, uh, what do you call it, uh, a royal commission that was held mm-hmm. and so forth and you know, there were apologies and so on and probably compensation and so forth. Yeah. But anyway, that just shows you, that just shows you, um, Sharissa, that the courts of this land can get it wrong. Mm-hmm. The justice system of this world can get it wrong. Mm. You know, and there are, there are countless... That's just one example. That's just one example. There are countless situations where, where you know, the justice system has got it wrong. The evidence has been incorrect and people have even ended up, you know, um, executed and only later on with, you know... DNA and, and the technology that we have available to us, it's been found that these individuals were innocent, mm. that they were not the ones that, you know, committed that murder or whatever it was that that they were sentenced for, you know, and received a death sentence. But the good news about the judgment is that God never gets it wrong. Oh, that it, is good news. God is a God of justice. So let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Revelation 14. Yep. And if you want to read verse 6 and 7, this is the beginning of the of the first angel's message, and we're going to read that section that we're going to be focusing we're on. We're becoming today. quite familiar with these. We are. Here it is. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. Okay, so here we have a very clear, a very clear statement from this angel mm-hmm. in a loud voice, in a megaphone voice, as we've looked at, saying the hour of his judgment has come. Present tense or past tense? Present tense. Present tense. It's arrived. So there's so it's a time here right now. We are living in the judgment hour right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. according to this scripture, because we're living in the time of that final three angels sounding to the world, mm-hmm. which has been happening since 1844. Mm. You know, and we've talked about that in the past and we can maybe revisit that. Now, Jesus talked about a future judgment. Do you want to read what Jesus had to say in Matthew 12, verses 36, all the way through to verse 37? All right. The Bible says that Jesus said, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, They will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Okay, so did Jesus speak of a a future judgment? Yeah, he said you will give account, they will, so future, give account of it in the day of judgment. Okay, so there is a day of judgment coming. Mm -hmm. These are the words of Jesus Mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago. All right, let's take a look at the words of the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. Would you like to read that, please? For For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So... He's, he's basically saying the same thing as Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that right, the Apostle Paul? And he includes Repeat. now the judgment seat of Christ. It's so very mm, specific. Very specific. We're going to be taking a look at that. Okay. Because that's where the good news really kicks in. Now, a thousand years prior to Christ and the Apostle Paul, we have Solomon. Oh, he and was very wise. He was very wise, except for his a few um, things, a few things like <laughs> having way too many wives. <laughs> 300 mother-in-laws. Uh, oh, have mercy. <laughs> uh, three would be sufficient. One is sufficient. Um, but, yeah, so Solomon, at the end of his life, he wrote his will and testament. And notice how he concludes the book of Ecclesiastes, which is literally his will and testament. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. 
All right, so this is where people get a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. They're like, what? Every secret thing? Have you done a few secret things, Teresa? Yeah. Would you mind sharing some of those secrets? It would not be a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Shell, would you like to share some of your secrets of some of the things you've done that you'd rather not? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> so a lot of people get nervous. And they're like, I can see why. Yeah. I can see why they get nervous. So when they read that, you know, every work yeah. will be brought into the judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil, we're like, okay, we don't mind our good secrets coming out, but, you know, those evil skeletons that are in the cupboard, we don't want anyone to know about them. Mm. So that is one of the reasons why people are very afraid of this subject. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're going to discover that the judgment is good news mm. and you don't need to be afraid of your evil secrets coming to the fore. Yeah, we need to keep studying because uh-huh. uh, we have to. We, we have a beautiful song here, Lead Me to Calvary by Steve Grace, but... We want everyone to come back because you mm-hmm. can't leave us on a cliffhanger like this. Uh, we're going to discover uh, on what basis the judgment is judged. You know? right. So it's, right. it, it, now we sort of really get excited. So we're going to change gears after this song yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, just yeah. going to keep getting better and better and better as we keep discovering God's good news about the judgment right here on the Looking Up program. Shall the glory be Lest I forget Thy thorn crown brow Lead me to Calvary Lest I forget Gethsemane Lest I forget Thine agony Lest I to Calvary Show Yeah. 
you are listening to Looking Up. And before we continue with the good news of the judgment here, just a reminder that everyone can be a winner on today's program. We have a prize for all of you. Whoever contacts us with the code word jury, the number to contact us on is 0491-064-669. We'll receive a book entitled God's Holy Word is it still worth dying for? By the title itself, I'm intrigued. Oh, Researchers say that at least 10,000 different religions exist around the world, but just one of those, Christianity, is divided into 34,000 different uh, denominations. So um, there's some reason here why we need to keep exploring more about why people are interested in Christian faith. And this is a book that you will love because you'll find as you read it, God has always had a faithful people mm. and you need to know about what they have found in God's Word. So uh, that's the book, the code word, jury, the number to call, or text us with 0491-064-669. Amen. So this is a book that I can even get, Shell, because you said there's no limit on the numbers. Conditions apply. Oh, <laughs> fine friend. I promise I will not That was speak. quick. That was quick. I will never again go down memory lane and, and ask if you were born in 19-whatever. I won't ask those questions again. I promise. I'm so sorry. I repent. I confess. It's the day of judgment. It is the day. My day of judgment has arrived. My day of judgment has indeed arrived. And I've been found wanting. Well and truly. Weighed in the balance. I'm sure I have. In the balances, in Shell's balances at least. Yeah. All right. So we're looking at the judgment and um, where the, the title is The Good News About the Judgment. And um, yes. so we've, we've talked about how, how human judgment can err. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're humans. We make mistakes. We get it wrong. Um, we all do that. You know, mm-hmm. How many times have you judged someone or I have judged someone wrongly? You know, maybe many you, times. So maybe you haven't. Done they it say, many "Don't times. judge a book by its cover." There's exactly. a reason for that. <laughs> exactly, and we talk about you know, don't judge. Yeah, don't judge me. Don't mm-hmm. judge me. People say that all the time, you know, because we don't like to be judged. Yeah, uh, and we feel that's not fair. Anyway, so let's take a look at what the Bible has to say. What God has to say regarding the judgment. Upon what basis will we be judged? Do you want to read for us James chapter 2, verse 12 for the answer to that question, please? The Bible says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. All right. Now let me ask you, is liberty a good thing? Love liberty. It's freedom. Yes. There is a statue in New York Harbor called the The Statue Statue of of Liberty. Yay. And we know that's a good thing. So God's Ten Commandments is spoken of as the law of liberty. And we know that it's in reference to the Ten Commandments because the previous verses, well, the previous verses, well, the previous verse, I should say there, um, you know, the Apostle James, he speaks of, you know, the commandments says, do not commit adultery, do not murder, and so on and so forth. So they are Ten Commandments. And then he goes, you know, this is the law of liberty. So, so God's law of love is how we will be judged. And now people may be wondering, well, why is it that God's law of love is, is the standard in the judgment? Well, if we go to the book of Revelation now, mm-hmm. I want to share with you something that I discovered that I hadn't seen before until I really started examining this subject. All right. All right. You remember that the book of Revelation, we've talked about this in the past, we won't talk about it in detail now because we don't have time, but the book of Revelation is written in chiastic form. Yes. Okay, where yes. where the most important part of the book is in the middle. It's the mm-hmm. bullseye. If, if people can remember like a bullseye, 
Yep. Okay, an, yep. an archery border bullseye where, you know, you got top and bottom, the same, second and second last and so on, and until you get to the bullseye. Yep. Well, the bullseye in the book of Revelation is, of course, the three angels' messages and, and that whole section dealing with this great controversy between Christ and Satan that mm-hmm. is found, you know, chapters 12 to 14. But those two chap- those three chapters, chapters 12 to 14, are introduced by the last verse in chapter 11, because when the book of Revelation was written, it wasn't written with chapters and verses. That's right. It was written as one long letter, mm-hmm. as we would write letters today in emails. You don't put chapters and verses in your emails when you send them out, do you? <laughs> That's right. Well, we don't generally do that. No. Please don't do that to me, folks. <laughs> anyway, um, so the two bookends are really interesting of, of, the, of, the, three, of, of, of the center of the book of Revelation, you know, the climax. Mm-hmm. And here is the first bookend, Revelation 11, verse 19. Do you want to read Revelation chapter 11, verse 19? Yes. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in the temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake, and great hail. So what is seen in heaven? The ark of the covenant. What? What? Of his covenant. Yeah, the Ark of His... So what was inside the Ark the of the Covenant? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is that Ark of the Covenant. People, if they've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Indiana Jones, you know, they 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 obviously highlighted this yep. this part. So is this, is this piece of furniture very special when it came to sanctuary and in the temple? It was in the most holy place, so that's an indication of specialness. In the most holy place. Yep. Okay. And what was inside, did you say? The Ten Commandments. God's holy law. Yeah. Okay. So God's holy law comes to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, and, and so, so what, we're, what John is telling us here is that God's law, which is a transcript of his character, which is the foundation of his government, will be the key issue in the great controversy. Mm. The key issue in the great, that's the foundation. God is already giving us a heads up. This is the introduction to the climax of the book of Revelation, that great controversy between Christ and Satan. Yeah, I love that. Because that is what Satan sought to overthrow in heaven, God's law of love, which was not written on tablets of stone, but written in the heart. And when you think about it, from the very opening of Scripture, right back in the Garden of Eden, Satan's agenda was to try and make Adam and Eve think that whatever God wanted them to do was was bad and was um, was not for their good. So he's had this uh, vendetta against God's law and God's way because, yeah, I guess he wants to be God himself, doesn't he? But He does, yeah. indeed. So God's law of love is designed for the happiness of, 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 of all of his universe, creatures, yeah. of the entire universe. Just like today we have laws. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this already in a previous program. Yes. Um, like we have laws on the road in order to preserve our safety. Mm-hmm. Um, we have laws in government. We, we, we run our lives on laws. There are There's a law of gravity. That's right. And you don't know, mess with the law of gravity. <laughs> yeah. There is the law of don't try and guess a woman's age. You, know, you nearly there, broke that I law today. I nearly broke that law. I was so close. And if it wasn't for Sharissa here <laughs> kicking me under the table saying, Danny, don't go there, don't go there. It'll be the last radio program that you ever have. Now you know why the bruises are there. No. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, there's like four on this side. I'm going to have to wear shin pads from now on when I come to the radio. But you know what? The longer we live, the more we see that God's laws are not arbitrary yeah. laws. Like, 
He really does want us to have the best life possible, and that's why he says yeah, what he says. Absolutely, and we've looked at that. You know, great peace of those who love thy law. Absolutely. And people, you know, and um, for your good always. We've looked at that, and that's why there's, there's laws in the home. Yes. I mean, what parent is crazy enough not to have some kind of law and order in their home? Yes. I mean, you'd be mad. I mean, it'd be mayhem. It'd be chaos. It'd be anarchy. Who wants to have a home like that where the kids are... You know, running amok and there's absolutely no laws and there's no order. So we know that that is extremely important. So that is what Satan attacks because that goes against, (laughs) you know, that goes against his own character because his own character is do as you please. Now, we won't take the time to read um, Exodus 19, 16 and 18, but there we have the same phenomena taking place of thunderings, lightnings, fire, smoke, furnace, and an earthquake when God first gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. And you have those same elements here in Revelation eleven nineteen. Amazing. So once There's again. There's a key link. Key link. Very clear link. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's take a look at God's law. Now, why is God's law the standard in the judgment? <laughs> Excuse me. Would you like to read for us Romans Chapter 2 and verse 14. And I like how the New Living Translation puts it. Even Gentiles who do not have God's law, God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. That's a good, mm. great way of putting it. Yeah, and keep going to verse 15 and 16. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. The day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Mm. So here we have a connecting point to what Solomon said. Remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God's going to bring every work into judgment with a good or evil, you know, every secret thing. And so here we have here we have God's law written in the hearts and the conscience and the thoughts of each and every person. Mm. So why is God's law of liberty the standard in the judgment? Because everyone has it. Mm. You think about it. Even my yeah. You you think about it, Sharissa. Do you need to teach your child that it's wrong for them? to kick their brother or their sister, push them over. No, I didn't. And you know what? Well, I don't have a child. But you know what? Just to illustrate the point, I had a dog I loved very much. Mm. And even my dog knew when he had done something wrong. Is that right? Like I walk in the backyard, he's torn something to shreds in the backyard, and he sits there with his ears down, head down, like he even feels guilty. Even (laughs) the dog knew he had done the wrong thing. Even the dog. So like God made us to be moral Creatures, you know, yeah. with an understanding of right and wrong. Absolutely. Moral compass he's given Absolutely. to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, okay, if I could just sort of say this, but uh, I'm not very proud of it. But uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, I would like um, pinch money from my mum's uh, purse. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I would like tell her, I would tell her a lie. Yeah. So I'd start off with a lie. You know how it goes, you sort of cascade uh, yeah. into sin. It's a bit like David, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. One she, but yeah, one another leads one. to another. Anyway, so I would tell my mum, Shell, close your ears. Um, <laughs> I'd tell my mum that the next door neighbour um, wants to talk to her, right? So my mum would leave the house because her purse was on top of the fridge, Um or somewhere, you know, somewhere close by. And so she's in the kitchen, you know, cooking away. And obviously I can't do it while she's there. 
And so I tell her that the next door neighbor wants to talk to her. And while the next door neighbor doesn't want to talk to her, but that's what she thinks, so she heads out to the next door neighbor. How bad was I? This is horrible. <laughs> um, I hope there are no kids watching. I mean, listening. Um, anyway, while she, while, while she goes to the next door neighbor, guess what I do? I go into her purse and I pinch 20 cents. Oh. That's how much it was. 20 cents was the minimum fish and chips. Yeah. Um, and with that 20 cents, I would run out the door and she's at the next door neighbor's and I'd go to the fish and chip shop. Wow. Can you imagine it. if 20 cents of fish and chips were still worth Oh, wow. Cents. Now, could you imagine if petrol <laughs> was like a dollar? We'd all be rich. Do- <laughs> could we imagine if petrol was like a dollar a litre? Oh, wow. Instead of two- anyway, but you know what? Why I share that story is because even I was, even though I was young, I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. My heart was racing, you know. I just felt rotten, but I just desperately wanted that fish and chips and I was willing to do it, knowing that when I got home, it was going to be all over. You know yeah. what I mean? The writing was going to be on the wall. Yeah. And um, my bum was going to be really warmed up. Really, really. There was, there was going to be global warming and cli- climate change to the extreme on my bottom. Trust me. It was major climate change. That stuff doesn't happen so much these days either. No, it doesn't happen so much. So, um, But it did happen back then. So anyway, that just shows you, you know, we, we have a conscience. Mm-hmm. And so that is why that is, um, that is very much how the judgment will take place. Everyone has a conscience. We can deaden our conscience if we so choose to, but God has given each one a conscience to know what's right and what's wrong. The law of liberty, God's law of love, is placed in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to say anything more on that, but I want to move on no, from I, there. No, I'm happy with that. All right, so this is the judgment. The Bible declares. Do you want to just uh, note those three points that the Bible declares regarding the judgment? All right, so the points you've got here. There is a judgment that will be convened by God for the entire human race. Number two, the evidence presented will be the true record of our words, actions, and thoughts. And number three, the great standard in the judgment is God's eternal standard of truth, the Ten Commandments, God's law of love, written in the heart and conscience. Okay, so that's a summary of what we have looked at. Now, um, we're about to soon go to a break, but do I need to be afraid of the judgment? I'm going to share with you that you don't if you have... Good judge. A good judge. <laughs> if you've got a good defense attorney, yeah. attorney, attorney, yeah, a good defense attorney. And if you are on the right side of your judge and your defense attorney who will who will go before you and go by your side against the prosecution. Okay. I so feel like defense, this is the point. Judge, this is where it gets really good news. Okay. So just stay with us, friends. We have a news um, break that we're just going to have, but we're not going anywhere because we have to land this plane in just mm, a few moments. The best is yet to come. That's right. And we have a beautiful song, My Eyes Long for Your Salvation. It sounds wonderful already. It's based on a psalm. Enjoy this beautiful music. I have done what is just.
We're the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson, and you can join us every morning on The Breakfast Show. We cover news that matters and do our encounter with God. We also have an intense quiz, great giveaways, awe-inspiring music, and best of all, you can have your say and be a part of the Brecky family. We're live across Australia, so check your Faith FM program for your local airtime. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. I didn't have time in my hurry today to smile at the folks I met. And I failed to kiss someone as I rushed away and I caused her to worry and fret. I didn't have time to say, how are you? Or note that the weather was fine. Tomorrow, I planned on doing these things, but today, I just didn't have time. I didn't have time to stop with a friend who needed the help I could bring, and I didn't have time, not a moment to spend, where loneliness had left its sting. Didn't have time to visit the sick or give an old panhandler a dime, and I'll wait till tomorrow or maybe next week, but today, I just don't have time. I didn't have time for upbuilding thoughts, not even a moment of prayer. I feel my whole life has gone for naught, and now it's too late to care. But as I walk down life's final mile, 
and I stand in God's receiving line. I somehow wonder if he just might close the gate and say, uh, remember, you didn't have time. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. We have just a few more moments on this program, which we're excited to change gears now. We we're about to find the absolute best news of the judgment before I let Danny, just he's bursting to tell oh, you I'm all. ready to go, ready just, to go. Just wait a minute because we just want to remind everyone there is a special gift we want to make available to all of you. All you have to do to get this book, it's called God's Holy Word, Is It Still Worth Dying For? It's a book by Ellen G. White, and I, I think you will enjoy it very much. I'm reading the blurb here next to it, and it looks fantastic. So if you want it, text the word JURY, J-U-R-Y, to the number 0491. Zero six four six six nine, and that will come to you. And actually, one of the people who've already claimed the prize is your sister, Pastor Jenny. I know. How was she allowed to even phone in, Shell? <laughs> so she's got the book. You'll have to read her version. And you know what her comment was to our producer? <laughs> what? The nerve of my younger sister. She said, I'm sorry you have to put up with Danny. I'm so sorry you've got to put up with my brother. Yeah. Um, but I'll wait until I get hold of her, but I won't because she actually cooks good food. And when I go to visit her up in Brisbane, I've got to be on my best behaviour. There you go, there you go. Otherwise, I will be eating fish and chips <laughs> <laughs> and not her delicious food that she makes. You need makes. more than 20 cents for that these days. She's a really, really good cook. So if you're listening, sis, great cooking. I love your cooking. Can't wait. So I'm hoping to get there after our big camp, God Yay. willing. Sounds Yay, good. back into Queensland. I haven't been led into Queensland for who knows how long. I've felt like a leper. Yeah. But anyway, hopefully I'll be allowed now. Now, okay, we're in the judgment and um, rapid fire. We're going to deal with this section because this is all we got. We could carry on and on. The problem is, Sharissa, I tell too many stories that are not part of our script, not part of our program, not, not, that, not that we're scripted, um, as people can tell. But, yeah, so we're going to sort of zip along. And so we're going to take a look at the judgment here and why we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid. Number one. Okay, well, firstly, in a judgment, there are, say, three key parties, you could say, um, minus the jury. We're going to let, let's leave the jury out of that. But there is, from a biblical perspective, there was the defense. Yes. There is the judge, of course, and there is the prosecution. Yes. Okay, so these three entities. Now, let me suggest to you, Sharissa, that the defense in the judgment for the one who puts their faith and trust in Jesus is Jesus Christ himself. He is your defense attorney. You mean he's like my lawyer? He is your lawyer. He's your solicitor. He is your defense attorney. Wow. Jesus Christ. And we have a scripture for that, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. I'm so glad we have this scripture. Listen to this. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So there you go, an advocate. Who's Beautiful. An a lawyer. A lawyer. You know, and a lawyer, according to the dictionaries, is someone who defends you in a court of law. Beautiful. That's who a lawyer is. My my sister. 
Yeah. Not my sister, my daughter. I was going to say my <laughs> wife, and then I went to my sister. It's my daughter, my youngest daughter. She completed law school, so she's now working as a lawyer. Uh-huh. Lawyer, liar. I said it's all kind of one, one and the same thing. No, cool. just kidding. I hope she doesn't hear that. Um, <laughs> the judge. Who is the judge? Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is strange. This doesn't happen. So the, the lawyer is the same as the judge? Yeah. Sounds like the, the odds it's, are stacked it's here. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's very rigged. The odds are stacked in your favor. Mm. So this is why the judgment is good news. Do you want to read for us John five twenty two? These are the words of Jesus himself. Oh, wow. You need to hear this. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Wow. So who is the judge? Jesus. In the words of Jesus, he is. So he's your lawyer and he's also your judge. I don't know if there's anything else you have to add to this. This is the best news about (laughs) the judgment ever. Absolutely. So if you are with Christ, if Christ is in your heart and in your life, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, you do not need to fear the judgment. Amen. Because Christ, Christ and his perfect life is representing you. His perfection represents you. So when the Father sees you, when mm-hmm. God the Father sees you, He sees you through Christ because He is your representative. He's your lawyer. Mm-hmm. And the Father has given judgment over to the Son. So it's Jesus Christ who is judging you, and you've invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. So Jesus Christ is judging Jesus Christ. Amazing. You can't go wrong. You've, you've, I guess if your hands are in the life of Christ, you've got your hands in the lawyer's hands who's never lost a case. Exactly. So and that's, cannot lose. And that's why you don't need to be afraid. Yeah. You don't need to be afraid. If you are in Christ, you can have peace and joy. I want Jesus to be my Savior. Absolutely. That's my all we lawyer. Need. Absolutely. <laughs> my now, judge. Now let's take a look at the prosecution. Who do you think the prosecutor might be? Who's the one oh, that wants to take you down? There's one that comes to mind, the accuser of the brethren, Satan. Satan, the one whose name is Evil with a capital D, eh? Yeah, I was talking to someone just yesterday and they said, you know, for a couple of years ago, they didn't believe Satan existed. Wow. But uh, they laughed at people who said he did. But now they've, you know, started studying God's word. They can see the evidence of all that he's doing in the lives of people and this world all around them. And he's very real. Amen. There is a devil and he's real. But what's the good news about this? The good news is that Christ has overcome. Amen. And we have a scripture for that. Mm-hmm. In Revelation twelve ten, if you'd like to read that. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now this is a fascinating scripture because it precedes verse 9 which speaks of this great dragon that was cast out, that serpent of old, mm-hmm. you know. And that happened in a in in a complete sense. Well, I shouldn't say complete sense, but in a in a, in a major sense, that happened when Christ died on the cross. Yes. When Christ died on the cross, Satan no longer had access to heaven. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he no longer represented us. Mm. Remember, in the Book of Job, Satan comes along and he represents this world. Where do you come world. from? Yeah. yeah, from walking to and fro. Exactly. People can read that in Job chapter one, mm-hmm. and so. Now, because Christ has purchased this planet back with mm-hmm. his own blood, he now represents us. So that is why Satan no longer has access to heaven. He no longer represents us. That role has been taken away from him. The representative of this earth was initially given to Adam. Mm-hmm. 
Adam and Eve were to be the representatives, you know, like the ambassadors, I should say, to the universe of this world. They were to be kings and queens here. But they gave that up, you know, mm-hmm. to, to Satan. But Christ has taken that back. Amen. He is the second Adam. He is the Acc- second Adam. According to Scripture. Isn't that powerful? Powerful indeed. So Christ, through his sacrifice, has, has, has overtaken the enemy. And so now he is our judge. He is our lawyer. He is our advocate. He is our everything. If you want to read Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, this is just a beautiful scripture. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wow. Is this bad news or is this good news? news? Best news. Good news. What an invitation. What do, you, what do you get out of that? I mean, I've, I've kind of like, highlighted a bunch of words there. Yeah, well, I guess the overall impression I get when I read this text is that God is not someone to be afraid of. He's someone to be a friend of, mm, and he yes. wants us to come to him. Come boldly. I love that word, boldly. Yeah, to the throne of grace, not marble. <laughs> yeah. God's so throne not, is mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. So it's not the throne of fear. Yeah. Not the, uh, not, not the throne of anxiety. That's right but the throne of God's grace. Amen. Powerful stuff that we might find mercy and grace and to help in a time of need. And so we can come, once again, Christ is our high priest. Yes. He's our high priest. He's our judge. He's our advocate. He's our sacrifice. He is our all in all. He is. He's our everything. He's our everything. And that is why Jesus said, you know, the scriptures, the entirety of the scriptures speak of me. Mm. You know, they all speak of me when he when he spoke to you know the the two disciples yep. on that Sunday as they were walking to Emmaus from Jerusalem, Emmaus and his friend. Now it's interesting when Jesus died on the cross, something very significant happened, and this is why why Christ is our all in all, and it's found in Psalm eighty five verse ten, and this is really important, and we don't have a lot of time, but I want to just briefly briefly unpack this and the significance of it. Do you want to read Psalm 85, verse 10? Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed together. Okay, mercy and truth. God's law and God's mercy came together at Calvary. Mm -hmm. Now, that is because Jesus Christ, he paid the penalty for our sins. The Bible says... Sin is the transgression of the law. Mm-hmm. We have transgressed and Jesus paid the price, which is that eternal separation from God. Yes. Jesus paid that price. So he lived out the truth. He paid what needed to be paid, what the law said needed to happen. And he offered us mercy in exchange. So we receive mercy. Mm. He received He received the punishment. Mm. Righteousness. He lived a righteous life. He died according to the righteous law so that we might have peace. Mm. By his stripes we are healed. He's the Prince of Peace. It truly is the great exchange, isn't it? It is. Because like the the sin that condemned Christ to death was as much his as the righteousness which he gives to us that we Mm. can have eternal life is ours. Like Absolutely. Completely took it upon himself so that we could completely receive an amazing gift. There is no gift that I think cannot give what no, God has done. No. So that's why the judgment's good news. Amen. Christ has paid the penalty. Oh, I hope I wish everybody in the world could be listening to this right yeah. now because there's so many people that 
just are living in fear of God, Absolutely. fear of judgment, Absolutely. if they could only know that they have a loving God who has a loving judge and a loving advocate who wants to save them. Like it's, he's doing everything he can to save us. Yeah. And um, yeah. It's more difficult to be lost than it is to be saved. Oh, wow. More difficult to be lost than it is to be saved. It's, it's, You've actually deliberately have to really yeah, turn your back on you it and do. say, I don't want it. You do. Yeah. You do. God has done everything. He's made all the provision. Oh. And so that is why the Bible speaks of Jesus, the word in John 1.14, as full of grace and truth. Yeah. Those two coming together yes. at Calvary. Grace offered to us. Yes. And someone pointed out grace, you know, an acronym for God's reward at Christ's expense. Yes. G-R-A-C-E. Amen. And, um so Jesus Christ, he lived truth and he died in harmony with what the law required. You know, the wages of sin is death. He paid that so that he could provide. But the gift of God mm. is eternal life mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans 6.23. Very, very powerful stuff. Oh, absolutely. And another verse comes to mind, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, mm. uh, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him? But um, we had a presentation on this at our prayer conference. Okay, um, yep. Yeah, Tom, Tom Kent shared a powerful mm-hmm. message. And, you know, sometimes we can even take for granted the gift of salvation. He's He's... His point here was, you know, how can we escape if we neglect? Like mm. we must daily give ourselves to God, daily surrender our hearts oh, to yeah. him so that that wonderful gift of salvation, uh, we can be safe in Christ. Amen. Amen. Indeed, we can be safe in Christ. And as we are safe in Christ, then we can have joy, then we can share yes. with people. And for the Hebrew, you know, in the Jewish mind, the Hebrew mind, the judgment was good news mm. because that's when that's when you were set free. Yeah, you're that's exonerated. Right. That's right. Because because your faith was in God, and God is the one who who will always see you through. If you're with God, you are safe. You're secure. You are saved from your enemies, and that is why David in the Psalms cries over and over again, "Judge me, O Lord! Judge me, O mm. Lord! Bring forth your judgment." Bring forth your righteousness because God's judgment mm. sets free those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. They are liberated. Mm. They, are, they are given their, their reward at the judgment. And that's why we read in you know, Revelation 22 verse 11. It speaks of you know, the, the judgment and the just receiving you know, their reward and the unjust and so forth. And, um, and it's beautiful. And so after the break, um, Sharissa, we're going to look at the conclusion to this, the bookend to the three angels, the bookend to the climax of the Great Controversy. Just when you all thought that was it, there's just a little bit more. We're going to listen to Casting Crowns, Who Am I? And then we will wrap up this study. Not because of who I am, but 
because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, joining us for the final moments of looking up and uh, Pastor Danny I'm really keen to hear your conclusion all right so we've been looking at the the judgment the good news of the judgment and um, and I shared at the very beginning when we took a look at the climax of the book of Revelation the the great controversy between good and evil it's it's foundation is the Ark of the Covenant and the Ten Commandments, you know, mm. and the law of liberty. And we've talked about all that and how that plays into the judgment. Notice the conclusion, the bookend of the great controversy. Um, 
there in Revelation 15, verses 3 and 4. So, the, so Revelation eleven nineteen is the first bookend, and we read that earlier. Yes. And now Revelation 15, verse 3 and 4 is the second bookend. It's the, mm. it's the back end book. Now notice the connections there. So if you want to read that for us, please. Revelation 15, verse 2? Verse 3 and 4. 3 and 4. Oh, you, you can start off. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Start off with verse 3. Yeah, verse 3. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the servant of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have mm-hmm. been manifested. Wow. So we started off with God's law. Mm. Being the standard of the judgment, yep. his his character, his foundation in yep. Revelation eleven nineteen, and the climax of the book of Revelation ends with a summary, basically of of this first angel's message, which is you know God's truth, mm. God's justice, God's judgments have been manifested. Amen. You know, so the truth about God. The truth about his love, the truth about his character, the truth about his law of love has been manifested. It has been it has been exposed to the entire world, to the entire universe, and this is sung by those who are the saved. Mm. This is the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So these are the ones who have overcome. And in verse two, um, it speaks of they of those who are on this sea of glass. Mm-hmm. That is mingled with fire, and you know they've had the victory over the beast. <coughs> excuse me, over over his image, and <coughs> excuse me, and over his mark and over his name, mm. the number of his name. So this, is in the context of that third angel's message, that brings the world to a point of decision where everyone makes a decision. And so it's powerful that at the end of the great controversy, you know, when the saved are safe in heaven, they can all say, just and true are your ways. Amen. Your judgments have been manifested. The truth about your character has been revealed. There are no more questions. Everything has been set right. The truth has been told. And forevermore, your kingdom will reign and the principles of your kingdom. That's how it ends. The, that's the best that's a, ending ever. That's the second book. That's the bookend of the great controversy in Revelation, the center. Powerful. That was worth waiting for. Thank you so much, Pastor Danny, for um, just pointing us there to Jesus mm. as we come to land the plane here. We should probably close with prayer. Absolutely. And, um, would Absolutely. you close for us? <laughs> Okay. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for this Bible study that we've enjoyed. Yes. And, uh, Lord, we have discovered the good news about the judgment. If Jesus Christ is in our heart and in our life, um, if we've surrendered our lives to him, he, he then becomes, he becomes not only our lawyer, our advocate, but he's also our righteous judge. Mm. And, um, and he's our soon coming king and he's our high priest. He's our all. Mm. And, um, Lord, we thank you that uh, if we have you as our Lord and Savior, if you are representing us, we've got nothing to be afraid of and we've mm. got everything to look forward to because you are righteous, you are just, you are loving, you are kind and you've paid the price mm-hmm. on Calvary's Hill so that we today may have mercy and hope and peace. We thank you. 
for this and may each one surrender their hearts and lives to you right now once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to having you back with us this time next week for another episode of Looking Up. In the meantime, remember fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares he will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me Softly.